Welcome to Side Notes, the podcast where we have curious conversations for creative minds. Each week, we'll work together to craft an authentic, intuitive, and creative life through self-discovery and aligned action. I'm your host, Jennifer Hulley, and I'm a therapeutic arts coach, a photographer, and an arts educator. This week, we're talking all about the pressure to perform and what that does to your creativity and your artistic voice. All right, on with the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Side Notes. If you are here on the podcast, welcome. And if you're watching on YouTube, welcome. And if you're in a different space, if you're like, what are you talking about? Go check out the other. Both of these are up on the podcast, Apple and Spotify, as well as YouTube. So wherever you are not, go and have a look over there as well. And this week, we're going to have a real conversation about pressure, performance, and what effect that has on your creativity and your artistry. And if you make art of any kind and you share it on social media, you are definitely going to want to listen to this episode. And you're going to want to share this episode with other creative artists in your life. Encourage them to subscribe and follow along as well, because we are all kind of feeling the same thing. And you know what? We're all in it together. And like I said, I'm riding the struggle bus when you're riding the struggle bus. And that struggle bus right now is all about performance pressure and pressure to perform as an artist but also a business owner and what that can do to our creativity and our identity and the work ultimately that we end up making for ourselves and for others and I've been thinking about this a lot lately last week I posted something on Instagram that was very different for me I posted you know like a good old-fashioned slide deck (laughs) like we used to and I posted it on Instagram and it was a couple weeks ago if you're from when you're watching this episode, but for me recording it, it was last week. And I posted it along with a caption about the shifting nature of like the digital landscape and what that means for photographers, but also photography and like the legacy that we leave in our lives. And before we get into the topic, I'm gonna read us the caption. Let me just get myself adjusted here and get comfy and cozy. (laughs) And we're going to read the caption first before we dive into it. Um, And I want to go in. There's some layers in what I'm about to read. And we'll pick a few. But here we go. So I'm going to read off my screen. It says, years ago, there was an article in the Telegraph that asked, are we breeding a lost generation who won't have photo albums to capture their lives? I thought of the role photography had shifted to play in today's world. And now when I consider how much everything else has changed since that article was posted, hello reels, TikToks, and going viral on a space that seems to be shifting from social media into a performative media space, I can't help but wince. If we are storing most, if not all, of our memories on social platforms such as Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, What will happen to our records once those platforms no longer exist? And what will happen to the memories and the stories and the emotion? Will there be any memories, story, and emotion to pass down to our future generations? What will happen to the content that we create as it shifts from a soul-fueled storytelling into a bid for attention, admiration, and recognition from strangers? Do our kids really want to remember our lives and our stories through lip dubs, recycled jokes, and rehearsed dance moves? It hits me in the gut hard. So here's to kicking it old school, creating a visual narrative of our lives, weaving story and emotion through our lenses and into our hearts. 
I need more of it. We need more of it. And our future generations need more of it. And this post came not just from like an observation of what I've been seeing in others' content and others' lives, but really came directly from my own lived experience. Like I remember the good old days of um, Instagram and like square photography, right? You would take a picture knowing that it was going to be this square. I think I even like put my phone into square mode for quite a while. And you would take these images and you would share and connect with others with what was going on in your life, right? Social media became a space to share, to show, to meet new friends, new mentors, and connect with others in a way that really helped spark creativity. And for the first time in my life, I found with, you know, Instagram, we had um, a wealth of information at our fingertips, but also like a wealth of inspiration. There were other photographers work to look at, their captions that gave insight into their processes, the comments that would go back and forth afterwards between other photographers created this network. It was like a creativity web that was being constructed. And I know I made some great friends at the time, right? I made new friends and I was able to connect with old friends that I had been separated from since I had moved. I'd moved from living in England for, you know, six or seven years, moved back to Canada. And social media became a way to make those spaces that felt so big, small, and sometimes even non-existent. You could connect with people that were five hours away from like um, a different time zone, but you were able to connect and see what they were doing, you know, when you had been sleeping or before you were awake for in my case and meet people that you may not normally have connected with. Like you're not going to bump into somebody who lives in California if you live in Toronto and you're like doing a photo walk. So social media became this spark of creativity and creative connection. And we got to connect socially, right? We got to connect with the shared purpose of sharing a glimpse into our world, how we saw things, what we were experiencing, what we were thinking about, you know, fears, hopes, dreams, whatever. It became like a microblog. And for me, as someone who like never had the attention span for blogging, whether like writing a blog or reading a blog, I just don't always have the attention span for that. Social media and specifically Instagram opened up this huge door for me as a way to connect with people on these topics with depth, but in like bite-sized chunks. And I found I'm not sure about you, but I'm pretty sure you were the same. Like I took so many photos. I shared them every single day. I swiped and I tapped and I smiled as I went through everybody else's photos. I commented, I shared them. I loved seeing what other people were up to. I loved seeing what other people were creating. And when Instagram introduced stories that like took it to a whole other level, right? Because then you could like peek behind the curtain and you could get an idea of like the process behind the product or the person behind the process even. And it just gave us another layer through which to connect with people. Like I said, that little glimpse behind the curtain, it made it feel like even more real and more personable, right? More social, like you were having a private conversation with somebody. And like I said, I took photos all the time. I did P52s, which are like, it's a project 52, meaning there's a theme every single week that you create with. It's a smaller version of a 365. I did a 365 project too. That was like my very first creative project. I did it when I came home from living in England. I had like broken up from like a really dysfunctional relationship and I like needed something to dive into and focus on in the 
365 project was there for me. I'm like, shout out to the people that were on my uh, Facebook feed, seeing me post random photos every day and supporting me because it literally kept me going. But photos were everywhere, like P52s, 365s, mobile photography, DSLRs, didn't matter. I dabbled it in all. And I would share everything. I would share like the slices of light on my carpet. I would share the inspiring chalk art on my walk home or the burst of color that was like peeking through a crack in the wall as I was, you know, walking, I don't know, somewhere to work. There was portraits, there was travels, there was food, there was details, there was life. There was like story and emotion and meaning with the purpose of connection. And I wasn't printing as much. Like I will totally say that because this article was about like printing photos and creating photo albums. I print stuff now, but back then I wasn't printing as much, but I felt okay about it because I was weaving like a personal narrative for myself in this new space, doing it digitally. I was witnessing myself and I was witnessing my life and I was giving meaning to the moments that seemed mundane, all the day-to-day experiences, suddenly things like the way the light shone through the steam rising from my tea in the morning mattered. It mattered, the moments mattered, and I mattered. Because when you give something space to take shape and you witness it and you construct a narrative on it, around it, sorry, you inherently attach meaning or you help it develop meaning. You give it importance. It helps matter. And I don't know when it happened. And I think perhaps it actually happened slowly. Like that, you know, that terrible story about the frog who boils to death because he's sitting in the water and they like increase it a micro degree at a time and then he never notices that it's getting hotter and hotter and he never leaves and then he dies. I don't know if it's a real science experiment. I hope not because it's disgusting. It's pretty gross, but apologies for that really brutal image. But it's what I'm thinking of right now is that little tiny micro shifts that take place daily go unnoticed over time until you're like sitting in a swamp of something and you're like, how did we get here? Like what happened. You have no idea how you got here. It doesn't feel very good, but you didn't notice it. And somewhere along the lines of like the last, I don't know, however, 13 years, how long has Instagram been around forever, right? Context of social media has shifted. New platforms have come into existence. Some have sort of died out and social media, I have seen it really shift from being social and storytelling and connection based to being more performative. It's now a space where you are you know, you put on a show, you're expected to, or you witness others putting on a show, sharing their expertise, making people laugh, jumping on the new trend, predicting the next trend, rehearsing things, capture things, cutting, edit, remix, rework, share, hold your breath, hope that it does well, you know, and hope that it goes viral and then start again and again and again and again. And everybody wants to blame reels. Everybody wants to blame TikTok. Everyone wants to blame Instagram, specifically on Instagram. Everyone wants to blame Instagram for abandoning its roots and jumping on the TikTok trend because TikTok came into existence and was doing very well. But you know what? Those shifts happened earlier than Reels. It happened earlier than TikTok. These shifts were micro, like I said. It was things like advertisements, sponsored posts, shopping, launches, solutions for your life or for your mind started to fill the spaces in our feeds which used to house things like leaks of light, quiet moments, messy moments, just life and story. And we all have a part to play in this shift. I know I do 100% because to blame an external entity 
like not only it like not only simplifies it or oversimplifies it but it takes your power away and we all feel powerless nowadays don't we like we like to complain myself included we like to complain about the algorithms about the networks that are shrinking that our reach is dwindling that we have no impact and we feel powerless and victimized and we're like left scrambling the hamster on the wheel but the truth is it didn't really happen that way. Instagram didn't just come and be like, this is what we're doing now, jump on board. It happened slowly. And with each new thing, we let our story and our artistry slip through our fingers a little bit more, a little bit more. We got pulled away from our artistry. I got pulled away from my artistry specifically and got pulled into the web of fear, the web of performance, the web of scarcity, like shift your focus unless you want to disappear. Stay ahead, stay on trend, grow, expand, stay the course, stay on the app, practice, perform, put it out there, do it again and again. And the space got louder and louder as that shift gained momentum. The more people did it, that kind of content got louder and louder. It gained more power. It gained more pull. And it's like this like like snowball. You know when you're rolling a snowball outside and then you keep rolling and there's snow and snow and it gets bigger and bigger and then it starts picking up the shit that's on the ground. It's picking up twigs and grass. Like I'm thinking when we were kids, we would roll this huge ass snowball that took like 50 kids to move it. And it was just covered in crap by the end of it because everything was stuck to it and it was no longer a snowball anymore. And it's like, I want to let go of the snowball. I, I don't want to push this anymore. And like I said, the fact that we, I wasn't printing and that we weren't printing so much as a society when that article first came out didn't really bother me as much. It came out like 2015 or 17. I can't remember. I'm going to have to actually read the print date and I will stick it in the show notes or the comments or the description, I mean, for you if you'd like to read it. But when that article originally came out, things were like okay-ish. Um, with the fact that like you were still documenting your life and you were still sharing, you were just doing it in a digital space, digital books or digital, your, your feed basically, right? That personal narrative or a visual narrative specifically was getting stitched together in a way that like you still felt like you were doing justice to your story and your voice and everything like all was well if you were doing that. But it wasn't until I was like clearing out some notes on my computer, I was going through like old blog posts and I collect quotes and things or articles, stuff that kind of inspires me. And I was clearing it out and I, I came across what I had written back then, just a little blurb about it. And I was like, started reading it and reading the notes I'd taken from the article. And I was like, I wonder if this still kind of applies. Like it's been like five, seven years. And I thought about our feeds and I thought about social media and I thought about the reels and the TikToks and the dances and the lip dubs. And I was like, Suddenly this doesn't actually feel as okay as it did before, right? And I thought of my son and I thought of the times we share together and the times like of my own life before he was here. And I thought like, how would he remember me? Would he remember me through a series of videos where like pointing at word bubbles or like dancing? I like, I hope not. I really, really, really hope not. And I really admire the artists who stayed true to their vision over the last few years, the ones who didn't bend, who continued to stand up and to show up for what they wanted to create. Like I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit jealous of them. You know, I have my mentors and the people that I look up to and I see that they have a thread. They have a beautiful space that they have curated and created 
online where they share their voice and their vision and they've created this community that cares about what they care about and I look at them and I look at myself and I think like or I ask myself I'm like when the hell did I get so scared that I like decided to jump ship and like go on the crazy train and maybe it's not like jumping ship so much as it is like I'm thinking of like Titanic. It's like I shoved my lover off the scrap of the wood and I was like, bye. You know, we were clinging to it in the ocean and I'm getting like Jack and Rose vibes, like I said, where it was like, I'll never let go. And it's like, <laughs> I'll never let go, but bye. I have to let go because this is where we're going now. And so like, what is the way forward? What is the way forward through this? For those of us who have let our way of seeing the world slip and we've let our art slip from our fingers. We, you know, those of us who have forgotten about the unique power we have inside of us to create through this truly unique lens and share it with the world because that's why we're here is to live life, to create experiences, to have connections, to weave stories and to be right? Everyone says you're the human being, not the human doing. And we're here to be and to do and to experience. Well, not to do, but you know what I mean? Okay, let's keep going. (laughs) I think what we need to do in this space is take our power back because it's not about succumbing to fears. It's about standing in integrity that what we want and what we value And what we love and what we want to create is more important than what somebody else wants us to create. And that somebody else can be, like I said, the app, the algorithm, your audience, your mom, your boss, whatever, right? Your fear. We have to stand in this space of power where we really, really believe that what we have inside us and the story we want to tell and the things we want to share are more important than what somebody else wants us to make and what someone else wants us to create and what someone else wants us to share. We have to stick and stay true to what inspires us. We have to release that pressure to perform, to like fall in line and to perfect somebody else's idea of expression or creativity because essentially that is what social media trends are. Every idea, every piece of content does start with an origin. There is an original creator, somebody who put it out there first, right? I mean, we could go super meta with it and say that that person who put it out there was probably inspired by something else. There's that whole, uh, I'm looking at my book on my shelf called Steal Like an Artist by Austin Cleon. And it's very true. Ideas all become recreated. But every piece of content on social media, song, joke, lip dub, whatever, it all starts with somebody. One person makes it. One person puts it out there, right? They birth the idea. They birth the edit, the joke or whatever. And it starts to spread. Other spreads like wildfire or slower, but whatever. And as it spreads, others jump in and others replicate variations or like exact, exact replications of the same result, the same piece of content, the same joke. And it becomes this wheel of like, look how good I am at performing somebody else's creation. Look how good I am at redoing the joke that you did. And look how good I am at just replicating what you've done already done for me. Cheers. Thanks for doing the hard work, right? It's no law, like it's no wonder that the longer we engage in that kind of dynamic, the further we get from our own vision and the further we get from our own voice and our own creativity. So what is the solution? I don't know. And I'm going to set, I'm going to share with you my top tips for navigating this. 
it's like a working hypothesis because like, A, I'm not an expert. Um, I haven't solved this problem. I'm just living it and going through it every single day. And I'm just going to share what summarizes what I'm doing right now as I work my way back to meet myself and to meet my inner artist and to take back my power and to develop my artistry and not my niche, as they say. Somebody said that on a podcast and I wish I could remember who it was because then I would credit them. <laughs> but I can't, so I will just say somebody said that on a podcast that I listened to years ago and it has stuck in my head. Develop your artistry, not your niche. So here's my top tips, which are not my top tips. I'm gonna call these my working tips. These are my working tips, working hypothesis. Go try this as you try to reconnect back with yourself and your inner voice as an artist. Number one is curate your experience on social media, okay? Curate your experience. Look at who you follow, the content they make. Does it inspire you to create your own or does it inspire you to copy? Because if it inspires you to copy, you need to let them go. You can unfollow them. If that feels mean, you can mute them, whatever you need to do. You need to be making sure that you're putting in front of your face, in your eyes, in your soul, in your mind, things that inspire you to go make your own stuff. I also suggest going on a trend detox, which involves like setting a personal goal, maybe like a week, a day, an hour, I don't know, wherever you're starting. Start somewhere where it's like, I'm not going to scroll the For You page or the you know suggested page or the trending. I'm only gonna look at the feed. This again, links to curating your experience on there, curating your community. You're only going to look at certain people's work. On Instagram, I like to use the favorites feature for that, honestly, and I will just try to scroll through favorites so that I'm not seeing other stuff that I don't really want in my mental library. Speaking of library, build your own inspiration library when it comes to music. Using music is important. Like, I think it helps people connect. It adds emotion, it adds story to what you're sharing. And you know, you do have to play a little bit with the rules of what you're working with. And music is important on these video based platforms or even if you're just doing a slideshow to music. Music helps, but stepping away from choosing music that's trendy and viral, because like, can I tell you, I have to st I've had to start listening, like watching TikTok on mute because I was on there for like 10 minutes and it's like 30 seconds, 30 seconds, swipe, swipe, 10 seconds. I am hearing the first 15 minutes of that, I could buy myself flowers. I believe it's Miley Cyrus. I can buy myself flowers. And I'm like, I can't, I can't stare at something and hear the same sentence for, that's like torture. So build your own inspo library of music. Keep a list of songs that inspire you throughout the day. When you're listening to something, when you hear something in the car and it like, it might like for me, it like sparks a story. I hear something and I'm like, I can see images in my mind. So if you're like that, keep a list. You can favorite them and Spotify, heart them, whatever, so that you've got music that you can use to inspire yourself and what you're going to make and not, I'm just going to use this song because it's trendy and like, I got to do it so people see my stuff. And the next suggestion is to make the work that you want to see on your platform of choice. If you don't want to be on TikTok, don't be on there. If you don't want to be on YouTube, don't be on there. If you freaking love Instagram, but you hate what it's become, stay on Instagram and just flood it with the type of work and the type of content that you love looking at. And the flip side to that is drop the platforms that you complain about. If you think the content is crap, if you think it's garbage, if you're like, oh my God, it's just absolute disgusting travesties of humanity on there. Get off there. 
Why are you on there? Don't don't even make content for that space. Don't support it. They always say you vote with your dollars, but you vote with your attention as well and you vote with your energy. So if you really don't like a platform or what it represents or the stuff that it shares, get off there. You're going to be fine. You will find another way to connect with people. And make the work that makes you happy and share it however you're called however you feel called to share it. If that means writing essays in your captions so people are like scrolling and scrolling, go for it. You do you. And set some success criteria for yourself that is not numerical. Like what does a successful post mean if it's not tied to numbers? If the likes don't matter and the follower count doesn't matter or the saves and the shares doesn't matter, what is going to be used to remind you like, hey, that was successful, that worked, I gotta keep going. For me, something recently I've shifted to has been the spark of a conversation. I know that if my story or my piece of content that I have shared, I will consider that it's done well if it sparks a conversation or, or like real commenting from people, not just like lovely, beautiful heart, where, where people feel compelled to share their story. To me, I'm like, okay, I'm on the right track when that happens. And now I will say, I'm off to go like weed the feed. I do this every day. I take a look at what I'm looking at, where I'm planting seeds. And I ask myself, like, is this the forest and the garden I want to be hanging out in? Is this what I want to be eating? Is this the kind of fruit I want to grow? And I encourage you to do the same. It's an ongoing process. Go through it. Be really controlling, but powerful. I don't mean controlling like rigid. Controlling like stand in your power and create and curate the digital spaces that you want to be in. And like I said, flood them, flood them with the type of stuff that you would love to be witnessing. If you feel compelled to share some of this work that you're making, like if you're like, I'm going to start sharing from the depths of my soul, I'm going to put some self portraits up or whatever. I would love to see what you share. You can tag me on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. I'm at Jennifer Holly because I'd love to see what you love making. Not what the algorithm tells you you should be making, what you love making. And if you would like further resources to support you in developing your artistry, not your niche, I want you to consider one-to-one -one creativity coaching with me. It is a very personalized program that's designed to work with you on overcoming the blocks and barriers that exist between you and your authentic artistic expression. We look at things like limiting beliefs, fears, experiences in childhood, rejected traits, places where you need to take your power back, pressure you're feeling, and legit obstacles that exist on a day-to-day -day basis that are all coming together to create mega creative resistance in your life. And the goal of these one-to-one -one packages is to move you from being silenced and powerless to a space where you're using your creative voice with power and confidence to make what it is that you are here to make. If this sounds like something that you're like, Yes, man, sign me up. I am ready to do this. Drop an application. It's a quick little form you got to fill it out. Asks you a few questions about you, your experiences, your hopes and dreams. And then I'll book a time for the two of us to chat on Zoom. No pressure, no payment, just you and me talking it out. And we'll see if one-to-one -one coaching is the right move for you. All right. Thank you so much for being here with me. If you're on the podcast, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Share this episode with those who you feel would benefit from it. And I'll see you guys next week. This is your friendly reminder that you can support the growth of this podcast by sharing the episodes with family and friends, taking screenshots, posting it on social media. Remember to tag me so that I get to see it as well as through subscribing and leaving ratings and reviews. 
every little bit counts and it really helps to put the podcast on the feeds of people that need to hear this message. And I am so, so grateful for all of the support that you have given me throughout the entire existence of this show. All right, I'll talk to you next week.